this morning is 1 John 4, 7 through 21. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. The word of the Lord. Good morning or good afternoon or good day. It is quarter to 12. I don't know how you address yourself at this moment of time, but I am delighted to be with you. My name is Miriam Haas Melchior. Don't you worry about my last name. Just go with Miriam. I am delighted to be with you. Um, Why I'm here, I, I know Chris and Bray, and they are enjoying their weekend somewhere else. You probably know where. And they asked me to come and preach to you and uh, to worship with you. And I am, the title is bigger than, I'm the executive presbyter of the Presbytery of Utah, which means I work with all those wonderful pastors here in the Presbytery of Utah so that you all can do wonderful ministry that God calls you in your local community. So I am just wonderfully delighted to worship with the folks in Preston all the way down to St. George. And they invite me to come and be with them and to preach and worship. And that is is just wonderful and today I am here now while I said all those words I know that your brains are wandering off and think 
she pronounces those words that I'm familiar with so weirdly. She's talking with an accent. Where is this from? And since I want you to stay with me, I disclose this to you. I'm from Germany. Born, raised, ordained in Germany 15 years ago, my husband and I, with our four-month-old daughter, we moved to Provo, uh, Provo, Utah, later on to Texas, and now we are back here in Utah. And so, yes, it's German. Twice I was challenged if my accent is really from Germany. I can clearly say, yes, it is. And when you're from Germany and, uh, or from another country and you move to, in this case, the United States, uh, you take things for granted and then when you switch languages, you reveal and you realize, you know, you cannot take everything for granted. Now, Germans have uh, or are known for that we can put a lot of things in one word. You don't want to play Scrabble with us because we can add noun after noun after noun and we have an entire book in just one word. And we can do, so Scrabble is really fun to play with us. And, uh, but, you know, you actually have also a lot of German words in English, Spiel, Wanderlust, all this are expressions that German found words for that the English language doesn't have. And I didn't know this until we moved here. And so I took it for granted that I had certain words for me to uh, express my relationship with my husband, with my kids and family, and with my friends. So I was very surprised when after a while, a friend of mine said to me, hey Miriam, I love you. <laughs> Did not know how to respond to that sentence. It took me a while to realize. It became even weird. It was a friend, a female, married, so I knew how to understand, or I got a glimpse how to understand that sentence. When a member of a congregation of mine, a male, would say, Miriam, I love you. <laughs> okay, let's wait a minute. <laughs> okay, let's, let's revisit that. I realized that Americans, or the English language, have one word to express love, while Germans have three to express the relationship between me and somebody else. So, ich liebe dich, I love you, is solely reserved between two people that are physically and uh, emotionally connected with each other. So your partner that you want to spend your life, your time with, that you feel especially connected and that you cannot wait to be with, you know, that you want to wake up in the morning and spend the evening with. So, ich mag dich, ich hab dich lieb, is the way I address my children, not I love you. It is the, the way I express my affection to my children and my parents and any other family member. And then there are like you kind of versions in German to express the friendship that I have with somebody or that I like certain foods or art, which I just enjoy those beautiful fall pictures here. That is how I express this in German. But English has, I love you. And you don't really like to use like as much. It's always, I love you. Why am I saying all this? Because our text had, I think, 34 times love in it. Talks about love, 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 love. So when we read this text, we should look, what kind of love are we talking about? Now, the Greek, and this text is written in Greek originally, has also three ways to express love. 
So we have eros, which the English word erotic comes from, and it is the physical love between human beings shared. And then there's philos, that is the love between human beings, friends, that is more on the platonic side. But none of those are used by John when he wrote this letter to the people in Ephesus. None of those because those expressions of love are human expressions that are highly depending on our assumptions and experiences. And I think we all can relate that when we are in relationship, whether it is with a partner or with a friend, they are all fed by our experiences with each other. They can be good, they can be hurtful. Sometimes we experience pain and hurt and disappointment in relationships. And all of a sudden, this relationship that we expressed with, I love you, turns into, I'm no longer sure if I love you. I might even say, I hate you now, or I'm disappointed, and I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. So this kind of loves that we express to one another are highly influenced by our own experience, assumptions, and how we feel in this relationship. But our text that we just heard does not talk about those human expressions of love. Because they are depending on who we are and how we feel in this relationship with each other. So this love can disappear because of our experiences. We grow apart because of our experiences and we develop ourselves into different directions, which is just natural that we are just parting ways as friends, even maybe as former partners, because we realize our lives are no longer fitting with each other and our emotion, love, disappeared for whatever reasons. The love that John talks in his letter to his friends in Ephesus is agape. Now, agape is the Greek expression to explain the love that God has for us human beings in community. This love does not depend on how we are answering into this relationship. It is solely defined by God's self. So we sometimes think we are lovable, but to be honest, we are not always lovable. Especially in the eye of the Lord, we are not always lovable. As much as we try to be good Christians, we all know that it's a try and error kind of way of living, that we try to be good and then we ignore the need of our neighbor and maybe we are not you know, as good as we ought to be. So just imagine this relationship would depend on how we are in that relationship. But God chose not to define this relationship, how we are answering into this relationship. God has this pure and perfect love for us because God chose us to be in community with us. It is God's choosing to stay in that community with us. And we can see this right from the beginning when God created the world. God never intended to be alone. God understood that there is this community that God can live into and where the blessing and love can dwell. So God created this beautiful earth for human beings to dwell with each other and with God. 
And right from there, all the way, whatever scripture and part of the Bible we are reading, it is always God in community with others. God in community with us. And the manifestation is the cross that this community is once and for all given through the sacrifice that God did in his son, Jesus Christ, that this pure and perfect love is for us eternally. And that we are forgiven over and over so that God can stay in community with us. And we have over and over the chance to encounter God again and again and again. But this relationship does not depend on us. God chooses to be with us. That is agape, where we don't have, neither the Germans nor the English have, the expression for this, to live and truly express this kind of love. This pure love that is solely given, and God loves us, and he loved us first. What a beautiful promise. What a beautiful reassurance that we are in community with God. Now, this all sounds wonderful, and maybe you're like, great. But John does not rest there. You know, there's always that catch. There's always this, man, do I really have to read further? Yes, we do. There is this that we are called to love one another how God loved us. So now we are not talking about love. I love you. I like you. No, we are talking about this perfect love, agape. This sacrificial love that God gave and we see on the cross and experience and confess and turn to over and over again. This love is pure. Now, as I said, we are human beings, we are not as lovable as we think sometimes we are, because one thing we really love, we love to judge. We love to decide who is worthy of my time or not. Who is worthy of investment? We are a Western culture, we invest everything, and we want to have the best outcome, your best turnaround. You're not giving your money to the least, but to the best so that you get more money back, right? So whatever we are doing in our calendar time, we want to do this and use it as great and best as possible for the turn around for me that I have the most of it. You know, we want to make most of our time, most of our money, most of the goods that we are having. Yeah, that is not what John is talking about. That is not the turnaround that, God, that John talks about when he says, God is love, and this agape we should live into. Because we should not look at the believer, which is the, again, in the Greek, the brother and sister I encounter, and that is actually everybody I encounter. I should not ask if they are worthy of my time. I should not ask if they are worthy of me spending whatever they need on. It's not me judging them. We are called to serve them anyways. We are called not only to serve, but to love them, how God loved us, sacrificially. And now it's getting iffy, because now we have to look at our biases. Now we have to look at us, how we perceive the other, and maybe we don't like the other, and now I mean literally in English, I don't like this person. And in German, we would say the same. 
Ich mag dich nicht. And yet I'm called to love you. And that is getting hard. How do I overcome my own biases, my own rejections, my own feelings, my own emotions that I just experienced in this relationship and that was hurtful and yet live into this love and this perfect love, into this sacrificial love that God calls me to? Because there's also this catch that John says, we don't know God because we've never seen God. He talks to his friends because among those friends they are claiming, some are claiming that they have a secret knowledge of God and they are only sharing this with people who are paying attention to me, attention to what I have to say and who are worthy of me sharing with you. So again, sometimes that we experience in our society too that some churches and religious groups are claiming that they have the most knowledge and best knowledge about God and if you don't join in, you're excluded. But John says, no, nobody has seen God, but how we can know God is through loving each other. In this agape, we experience God by encountering God in the other. As we are saying in Imago Dei, everybody is created in God's image. Doesn't really help because I still don't like the other doesn't help. And for good reasons. If I look around and I speak as a woman, if I am coming out of an abusive relationship, and I know men experience the same, it's really hard to love the other if you experience physical or emotional abuse. As well as when we look for even further, we have the conflicts right now raging in the Middle East and Palestina and Israel. Ukraine and Russia even didn't find that. Peace. It's really hard to then say love each other while they are so separated. Our world is so separated in all those sides. So how do we navigate because we are aligning with one way or the other? It's hard. And John does not say it's easy, friends. Loving the way God loves us, the other, the brethren, the sister, the friend, the neighbor, the unknown person that I haven't yet met, but one day will. It's one of the hardest tasks to do. As easy it is to say, I love you, to live into this agape that God calls us to live into is the hardest call that God calls us to do because it is setting aside who we are, setting aside and think about, do I really want to give my life for this person that I just encounter? But that is the measurement because God gave his son the sacrificial love and we are called to do the same. It's not the answer and I don't have the answer. I don't know how to live boldly into this love that God calls us to do and James rem uh, John reminds us to do. All I know if we don't try, if we don't live this boldly, and share this love, we will never find the answer. We will find this answer by trying to live into this love despite what we are feeling towards the other. And yet to be reminded that we should exactly live into this uncomfortable emotion of resistance and yet to love. And somewhere in there is the answer of the questions that we need to ask. 
how to bring peace and love into our community and into our world. We need to live into this love, and we only can do this boldly. We cannot try a little bit and then we shy away. We have to do this wholeheartedly because Jesus or God did not just put a little bit of Jesus at the cross and then shy away and see how it goes. It was the entirety of God dying at the cross for us. So all what we can give is the entirety of us into this love. And when you're uncomfortable, you're in the right place. When you're uncomfortable, you're in the right place but because that is the moment where we totally give ourselves and where we learn to put ourselves and our desires and things that we are better or that we know better and all that aside to truly live into this agape. So I only can charge and challenge you to go home and look who is your brother and sister. Who is this person next to you? that can be locally, that can be in this community, that can be worldwide. Become uncomfortable. Put your assumptions and biases aside, learn about them, and realize that you can put them aside and go into this love. Go into this perfect and true love that God loves us and God gave us. Because God loved us first, we can love the other. We encounter the other, we encounter God. And with that, we allow others to experience this perfect love as well. God can only work through us. God can only love through us. So living into this perfect agape allows others to experience this perfect agape and feel that God loves them too so that they can turn around and love the other. But it starts with us. It starts with putting ourselves aside to truly love the other. I know it's easy in this community because I would say 98% you love each other, but it is about the other outside. So live love boldly as God loves us boldly. And don't be afraid. And don't hold back. This love cannot be bubbled up because God is a God of community and needs to be shared. This love is a love of community and needs to be shared. So go out and share and try and fail and try again until our love is perfected. Until the day God comes self and we all dwell in this perfect love. But until then, we live into this kingdom, into this perfect day, love, day by day. And we become better and worse and better and a little bit less worse and better. <laughs> but we need to try and not hold back. So friends, live love boldly and don't be afraid. So brothers and, Christus, and brothers and sisters, I say, I love you deeply, and I am excited to live with you this love boldly here in Utah and in the world. Can I have an amen? Amen. amen.